0: Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas to you all. That's the way I said that. It sounded like it should be followed by a to all a good night or something, but it's, it's not what I was going for. It, uh, hey, it is, it is kind of a fun and special Christmas Eve for us, though. We, uh, we always do the service in kind of late afternoon, pre-dinner time, but, you know, it falling on a Sunday, it was like, well, we could do the regular time. That kind of makes sense. And I don't know if that makes it feel kind of special. Um also this isn't really related to the service but it does make it a special christmas buddy the elf turns 20 this year do you know this this is very exciting buddy the elf you smell like beef and cheese turns 20 also a christmas story you'll shoot your eye out turns 40 it's it's like it's like planets aligning or something it's a very very special christmas all these things happening so uh, good morning to all of you. Thank you to our scripture readers. That was wonderful. Uh, blessings to those of you who are online this morning as well. It's good, good to be here. This is, uh, for me at least, this is always the best way to start out the Christmas holiday. is by coming together to worship, uh, to reflect on the birth of Jesus and what that means. And that is indeed why we're here this morning. So would you pray with me? And we'll look at our text together. Father God, we're so grateful. Uh, it's such a great time of the year uh, to remember all the gifts that you have given us. As we exchange gifts with each other, as we spend time with loved ones, as we eat good food, all the things, we pray that this entire holiday would be an act of worship, a way that we are remembering you and putting you front of mind. And God, today, as we we take time to read the scriptures together, to receive communion to pray, to sing, to give. We pray in all of it that you would be glorified. God, that you would do your work in our hearts, drawing us near to you. Uh, We give you thanks. We trust you for this. We give you our thanks, our praise. In Christ's name, amen. Well, hey, I want to zoom in on one line from the text that was read this morning in Luke chapter 2. It's verses 13 and 14. It says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. Now I want us to think a little bit this morning about that word. Uh, of all the things that the angels could have said about Jesus in that moment that would have been true, they chose peace. And uh, that that always seems fitting to me at Christmas time too. Uh, there is so much unrest that we are experiencing in our world. I, you know, I look at, at the wars, saw pictures this morning of Bethlehem, which normally this time of year is one huge Christmas celebration. It's empty because of the wars that are, are happening in the Middle East and the wars that we're experiencing elsewhere. Uh, I look at our country and see divisions that are deeper than any we've seen in decades. Right, We seem to sort ourselves by everything these days. We sort ourselves by race, and by class, and by politics, and we, we go to our silos, we seek out people that we understand to be like us in whichever way we define that, and we self-segregate. And there's there's a lack of peace that often happens between the different groupings. Uh, there's just there's peace within ourselves, right? And this is beyond kind of the hustle and bustle of the season, but just... Just having a deep sense of peace feels so elusive. We read that anxiety, both clinical and sort of run-of-the-mill anxiety, are at all-time highs. And, uh, and I think many of us feel that. Uh, there's an aimlessness that many of us deal with. There's deep loneliness. There's a loss of meaning that characterize our culture today. So uh, I find it really significant that when the angels come, that this is the word that they are bringing. Jesus has come into the world, and the result of that is peace. Uh, And, you know, of course, it didn't stop with the angels. Jesus, throughout his ministry, speaks about peace. And, in fact, on the night before Jesus died on the cross, he speaks then about peace, too. He says to his disciples, my peace I leave with you. And he says this is a different kind of peace. He says it's not the same kind of peace that the world gives there's something about it that's different, that's thicker, that's deeper, that has a, a different quality to it. That's more lasting and more true, and that's uh, that's something I think that that we all need. Uh, maybe think about it this way: this is this is what it looks like for me. Maybe it looks similar for you. But uh, often, what we call peace ends up being sort of temporary and sort of fragile, right? So I'll, I'll maybe be going through something. And, and there's, there's just a lot of unrest, a lot of angst that comes with that thing. And then the thing resolves. And it's like, okay, we're good. And, and the anxiousness goes down and peace rises. And it's like, okay, we're fine. Until the next thing happens, right? And then we're right back where we started. Or interpersonally, between folks. We'll, we'll go through these periods in our culture where it feels like there is a greater sense of togetherness. But then something will happen. Right? There will be a, a racially motivated hate crime or a public figure will say or do something that demeans another group or something happens to us that feels personally threatening. And we run back to our silos, to where we were before, to where we feel safe. And then, of course, on the world stage, too, we'll have peace right up until the shooting starts again and somebody breaks the ceasefire and then we're all back to it once again. We need a peace that is deeper. And lasts longer and is truer. And the angels came talking about that peace. And Jesus goes through his ministry saying, I bring you peace. It's something that I'm leaving with you. And what I, uh, I want to do this morning is, is uh, tie in a, a couple other scriptures to this text, this Christmas text. And just reflect together on what this means. What kind of peace does Jesus bring? And how does this Uh, How does this meet us? How does this solve the world's ills in a way that our typical peace, this world's peace, does not? Uh, The first one that I would set out for you here is is this, is that Jesus brings peace that gives our hearts rest. What we might call a personal peace. A heart and a mind that can be at rest even when life isn't especially peaceful. Uh, Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Uh, he says, as, as we learn to live as apprentices of Jesus, he says, this is the result. He says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace that passes understanding. In other words, peace that defies description and definition. Peace that is otherworldly. Peace that goes beyond what our normal senses experience. Peace that settles us even when we find ourselves in the storm. And friends, this is good news, right? Because sometimes our circumstances get better and that brings us peace. And other times, they don't. How do we have peace even when the world around us is still raging? And the scriptures teach us that as we learn to live as Jesus' disciples, as his apprentices, this becomes a growing reality in our lives, a peace that passes understanding. Uh, one experience of this that, that I've had that I'll share with you is uh, uh, after my brother's suicide. It's one of the, the most difficult times in my life and my family's life, and uh, I almost don't know how to explain it. But even in the midst of this deepest level of grief that we were experiencing, there was, there was a peace that, that was so tangible, it felt like you could almost touch it. Even in the midst of the worst grief, the worst pain that we had experienced, there was a deep and settled peace that God was there. It, it was like there was a still place within us, in the midst of everything that was raging around us, and in fact, it was was sort of strong enough in us. What God was doing in us was was happening at such a level that those around us were experiencing it too. Uh, there were there were a lot of comments from those around us on on just it, it seems like there is there is peace in the midst of this. There was one fellow in particular. It was the day of my brother's funeral, and we had a reception afterwards at my parents' house, and uh, and one guy that we knew from the community, he lingered around until everybody else was gone. Uh, he was a school teacher. He was, he was well-known in our community, well-respected. And he was, was well-known as an atheist and had very little regard for Christians. But he waited until everybody else was gone. And he, he sat down with my dad and I and said, uh, I don't understand what's happening here. And I need to understand it. Can you explain to me why it feels like there is peace in this place, even right now? And we, we talked late into the night about what it means to have Jesus in our lives and how we have these moments, friends, of peace that does transcend what can be understood. Many of you have had these too. We've talked about them. We've prayed about them. As we grow as Christ's apprentices, this becomes more and more the norm. A peace that lives in our hearts. A peace that isn't ruffled by what's going on around us. A peace that Jesus brings. This is is part of what the angels mean when they talk about peace. This is part of what Jesus means when he says, I leave you with this peace. It is a different peace than the world offers. Uh, That's one In addition, uh, the scriptures also talk about Jesus bringing a peace that heals our divisions. Uh, There's a peace that happens in us and there's a a peace that happens among us too. A peace that brings people together, that breaks down barriers, that divide us and soaks up the hostility that tends to build up between us. Uh, One of the first truths that we learn in the Bible is that God has created people in his image. All people. There are no exceptions to this rule. All of us are made in the image of God. And there is a worth and there is a dignity and there is a fundamental equality between persons that happens as a result of that. Uh, But as as you know and I know, we we struggle to hold on to that. Uh, We find ways to elevate ourselves and denigrate the person next to us. We find ways to make ourselves superior and the person next to us inferior. We cling to those that we deem to be like us in whatever way, and we exclude and we ostracize those that we find to somehow be other. But the peace that Jesus brings is a peace that is meant to restore, to bring us back to God's original design, to bring us to a place where those things that divide us are no more, but the things that unite us are greater. This is how, uh, how it's put in, in a letter to one of the New Testament churches. and uh, uh, The author here is speaking about one of the fiercest racial divisions that existed in the first century. It says this. He says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross... He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. The peace that Jesus brings us tears down the divisions. The peace that Jesus brings us solves hate. It reconciles even the most difficult divisions that we experience. And the how of this is, is so beautiful. By sacrificing himself, by Jesus bringing together in his body all of the different peoples, all of these different races, he gives us an identity that doesn't erase our ethnic background, but it transcends it. It brings us into unity with all those that are God's children. Um, I asked who uh, many of you know, if I could share this story. Uh, we had a, a new members class uh, a few weeks ago, and one of the things we do in that, that class when we start is we just say, okay, introduce yourself, say who you are, and then how did you get here? right? What led you to this place, and why are you sitting now in this membership class? And uh, D'Ebola shared that the first Sunday that she came here, she, she walked into the lobby, and the first thing that she saw was was on the walls, we have all these pictures of, of our kids in Africa. And um, I had I'd never thought about about those pictures working in this way before, but Ebola uh, but walks in as a Nigerian woman, she sees these faces and says, this is, this is a place where I might belong. And then she came in and, and God just really met her in worship that day. And and uh, it, was, it was one of those things where she said, "I." You know, I, I felt like the things you were teaching, you were talking directly to me, and I said, "Well, that's because I stalk you," and you know, I, <laughs> I didn't really say that, but you know, <laughs> but I, you know, I hear that a lot because God's Spirit works in our lives in such a way that He's He's connecting uh, what's going on in our lives with what's happening on a given Sunday, and uh, and then uh, and then she said, "You know, I was just so warmly embraced by people," and then. This kind of reached a a tipping point, I guess you could say, for when uh, her car was stolen. Actually, ironically, at a church event. Um, To which I replied, I stole it. No, I didn't say that either. (laughs) I didn't stalk and I didn't steal the car, either one. But but she said, you know, it it was really amazing. Uh, People were calling me, checking on me, seeing how I was doing. People were offering to help in various ways, to give me rides places. Somebody offered me a car to use in the meantime. uh, People offered financial help and a down payment for a new car. All of these things. And and she said, kind of the net result of it, she came to a a place of saying, this this is home. This is home. And, uh, you know, of of course, I love hearing that. And I, I believe Jesus loves hearing that. Because this is God's design for us. That we would be a community, a family of people who are not divided by anything. Who are not divided by the color of our skin, not divided by ethnic or national origin, not developed by class, not developed by anything, by male, by female. There should be no division among us. And Jesus brings together in his body on the cross all of the different groupings that we can imagine. He brings them together and he makes us one. This is the peace that Jesus brings. And and friends, can you see how this this is a deeper peace than what the world offers, right? Can you see how this takes us a step beyond anything else that we could do to bring about peace? And I, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for all of the efforts that our society has been making in addressing racism in these past few years. I think they're incredibly valuable, and I want them to keep going. But I think we also have to admit as we look at these that they're always only partial, right? They're sometimes effective at changing our behaviors. They're seldom effective at changing our hearts, Right? You can't educate someone into hating, not hating someone that they really want to hate. And you can't shame somebody into loving someone they don't really want to love. We need something deeper. And the peace that Jesus brings takes us as deep as we can go. He takes those who are different. He makes them One. He says, you now share the same waters of baptism. You now share the same bread and cup. You are now part of the same family, living and worshiping and walking together and watching each other's backs. This is a peace that heals our divisions. Uh, Finally, one more here. This is a peace that makes us right with God. This is Romans 5.1. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Peace with God, we're told. Not just peace within ourselves, not just interpersonal peace with those around us, as important as those are, but peace with God as well. And as great as the need for peace is in those other areas, and it is great, this one is no doubt greater as it stretches beyond this life and into what happens after we die, into what happens in eternity. And friends, the Bible teaches a reality that virtually all people in every time and every culture know, and which I think we're able to admit if we're able to be still enough and honest enough with ourselves. And that's this, it's that if there is a God, there is also a moral standard, there is an absolute, and there is a judgment uh, that God is, is right to bring to us, it's right that we are going to be judged for what we do in this life. This is not just the teaching of Christianity, this is the teaching of every major religion and every culture and every time and every place, that what we do will in fact be judged. And it raises the question, how will we be right with God? How will we experience peace, not just with ourselves and our neighbor, but peace with Him as well? And Christianity is unique in its answer to this. That the judgment need not be something that we absorb ourselves, but that God Himself made a way for us to have peace with Him. That He sends His Son to live a human life, right? This life that we celebrate today as we have images of mangers around us and Bethlehem and donkeys and all the things, that Jesus takes on human form and he lives a life like ours, like ours in that it's human, but unlike ours in that it's a life without sin, and he lives as the only person not deserving judgment, and that's where the real twist comes in. And that the one person who doesn't deserve to be judged goes to the cross, takes on himself our sins, our judgment. He says, I will die in your place. The judgment you deserve, I'll take on myself. And in this great exchange that happens, the forgiveness that we don't deserve, well, we receive that. This is what it means to have peace with God. That as we put our faith in Jesus, uh, that his life gets credited to us and that our judgment is credited to him. There's nothing at all fair about it. It shouldn't be. But it's grace. God gives us peace because he wants to and because he loves us. He makes a way. He makes a way. Mm. How do we live into this, friends? So how can we uh, have this peace? Peace with God, peace with each other, peace within ourselves. First, the peace with God. And the, the Romans verse illustrates this for us. We have this peace with God as we put our faith in Christ. As the one who takes our judgment, who takes our place, as the one who forgives our sins, as the one who becomes our Lord as we put our faith in him, as we trust him to come into our lives and to give us what he's done for us, well, then we receive that peace. We receive what the Bible calls eternal life or heaven. It's a peace that doesn't end when we exit this life. It goes on into eternity. Uh, And in this, as Christ takes that place in our lives, He comes in in such a way that he promises never to leave us. It's a peace that won't wear out, a peace that we won't use up. It happens, and the moment that salvation occurs is when we invite Christ to come in. And I I want to invite you to that today. This is one of those things that it need not be complicated. Uh, It is as simple as saying to Jesus, I want you in my life, and asking him to come in, to indwell you with his spirit, to forgive your sins, to become your savior, to become your Lord. And if that's where you're at this morning, if you're unsure of where you stand with Jesus, I would invite you, make this your Christmas present to yourself, to say yes to Christ and give him that place of ultimate authority in your life. As we pray and we respond in worship, I hope that you'll do that. I hope that you will invite him into your life. Uh, For others... Uh, there's a good chance that you're here this morning and you're in in need of a refresh, right? Maybe uh, Jesus is kind of somewhere in the rearview mirror. Uh, There's there's some history there with him, but you have grown distant from him or from his people. And I would invite invite you, if that is the case, to ask him for a refresh, to ask for a do-over. You get those two. But don't leave here today. Without saying to Jesus, I want to put my trust in you in a way that is fresh, in a way that is new. I want to follow as your disciple. And you know, that's where these other levels of peace tend to come in most acutely. As we are learning from Jesus, as we are living as his disciples, his apprentices, learning to live from him the kind of life that he would have us live, the kind of life that he lived. Then those other dimensions of peace that breaks down our divisions, those get realer and stronger and thicker. That kind of peace that transcends understanding, a peace that we hold, even in the midst of life's storms, that gets thicker and richer and more significant as we walk with Jesus, as we spend time with him, with his people, as we meditate on the scriptures, as we pray, as we come to a place like this on a Sunday and we receive the word and the sacraments, we grow stronger in him and the peace that Jesus brings grows stronger in us as a result. If that's something that you want today, it's something you can have. It's something that God offers us freely. Uh, Let's turn to him now in prayer.